0: Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? That's a great question. We obviously have a lot of stuff on the docket. I have a laundry list of notes in front of me that if I get to half of, we're gonna be doing fantastic. Let's start with what's jumping off the page. What's jumping off the page is a 4% down day for the S&P 500. It's a take them out behind the woodshed, shoot them three times kind of day. They were climbing up the big breakdown candle, closing above that was obviously going to be bullish. However, they were not able to do that. And by the way, in the pre-market today, Before they killed him on the CPI Kabuki news, the high was 4.15.02. What did we talk about last night? It was a quote unquote, we'll call it 4.15 and a quarter for argument's sake. The zone was 4.13.65 to 4.15 and a quarter. One of the things obviously jumping off the page is our trend line. They came in for another test of the trend line. It's our new Irene situation, closing below the trend line and specifically below the former lows, 388.42. Let's not forget, we've got some unfinished business down below 388, but essentially closing below there, getting below their intraday, closing hourly below, then closing daily below. That opens the door for other stuff. It essentially opens the door for another leg lower. 380, 378, 377 and change. That's the area that the next leg lower takes the tape. And just for argument's sake, here's a snapshot of the trade that we took for the lazy swing trader folks. It was an SDS call option, which is short the S&P 500. SDS is two times the S&P inverse. We took the option trade, bought it around 240, They closed out today around $4, maybe a little bit more than that. That's an average price over here in the first column. We now have what's called a risk-free, emotionless trade. The stop has been moved up above the entry point. Therefore, we're in a let it ride scenario. Traders didn't necessarily hit first target, which is $5. However, they were sent an email earlier today that said, hey, let's take some profit along the way. You turn it into a risk-free, emotionless trade. And if it goes back against you, you still have profit in your pocket. That's the way we treat it as a business. That was putting my money where my mouth was. Weird stuff happens during options expiration week, around the futures contract roll. We had tinfoil hat events going on. Stuff was going to pick up speed, quote unquote. I think I said it at least two or three times last week. Put a Twitter post out there picking up speed. Basically, I was pounding the table, as they say. So where do we go from here? Well, a couple of things going on. We're still in Options Expiration Week, quad witching Options Expiration Week. So what that means is that we could still see some unusual behavior any which way but loose. Therefore, don't be surprised to see one of our DCBs occur tomorrow. What's a DCB, a dead cat bounce? That would be normal garden variety market behavior. However, let's keep the trend line in mind and Irene's new address. Closing below the trend line is a whole new set of stuff going on. By the way, how many times over time, not every time, but how many times have we seen this turnaround Tuesday Starts out as somewhat of a joking around kind of thing, but it is somewhat of a phenomenon. And by the way, when you pull back the curtain a little bit, what did they do? They bounced off the trend line. They rallied him up right into the release today of the CPI Kabuki Theater situation. And the reason why I'm calling it Kabuki Theater is anything goes after the number. It's like an earnings release or a Fed funds release or a Fed... FOMC announcement type of release. It's one of those situations where they don't really know the numbers, but whatever the number released is, the market's going to react in one direction or another, and that's essentially the thing of the day. But when you think about it, right up into the 415 and change spot that we talked about, and inside the number members will know that this spot was on the board For a while, wasn't like we were getting there overnight, but that was a spot. And all in one fell swoop, in one bite, they open the trap door, the trick trap fool and frustrate crew issues a conveyor belt of pies in the face to the traders that were getting sucked into the long side, just waiting for quad witching options expiration week and the tinfoil hat stuff to take hold. Nobody watching these videos should be surprised. Are you surprised we went down this much in one day? Maybe so, that's fine. But remember what we've said in the past. There's going to be more days like this. And remember, the market isn't down this much today. It gapped down, it was down this much today. That's a tremendous day. Look at this one, same routine. When you start to see that, that's somewhat of a character change in the market. It's not little moves, it's big moves expect volatility to continue to expand. We've got some unfinished business going on and expect some, as they say, whipsaw type of behavior, especially around this week. You're still gonna see big swings in both directions. Look at that price action. This is a five-minute chart. Look at that price action around this trend line. Same trend line, just broken down to a five-minute chart. Here, they make a low of 392.47. They bounce. They spike it. They bounce, they respected the trend line. And what I mean by that is, Mrs. Market knows about the trend line because she drew in the trend line. It wasn't me, I was just following her lead, connecting the dots. No more, no less. 15 minute chart, bounce right off of it. Same routine, no matter how you look at it, they came into the trend line, why? Because it's magnetic. Once they started to get close, It got sucked in to run another test of the trend line. And by the way, I have to make mention of something else also. So it was the thieves in the morning that got the market moving. They do this all the time, whether at night, in the morning. They don't let some of the traders, a lot of the traders, into the trade. You either had to be positioned ahead of time, like buying put options late last week on Friday, or maybe adding to them yesterday or you had a hop on board already in the hole, that's a much, much more difficult trade to do, selling them in the hole. But when they do this stuff in the pre-market, the futures players are doing it, the folks that can't trade pre-market, the folks that are waiting for the market to open, they get kind of screwed over because the market starts to whip around early on, they make it look like one thing is going, and then when you give up on the one thing, they pull the rug out and they kill them. And the second thing happens. So net net on the daily chart as a wrap up where we're going to leave it is they basically had what I like to call a meltdown operation today. Let's go over inside the numbers, the early thoughts, then we'll take a look at the commentary, see if there were any trades in here. We'll circle back to stocks on the move at zero dark 30. They're still pushing higher in a slow motion melt up operation but that was before the Kabuki CPI was released. They created the bull flag pattern yesterday by staying in a tight range after the gap higher open. Therefore, as long as they're above 411.50, the door is open for the next targets in the northbound lane, which are 413.65 and 415.25. So just using the futures chart as an example, there's our bull flag pattern from yesterday right in here. And then, When you take into an account the futures activity in the pre-market and overnight, and by the way, the second line above, 4161, is about that price, the equivalent to where they spiked to this morning in the SPYN, obviously the futures. That's what it looks like with the data from the pre-market, the overnight, everything. So they were basically eating time off the clock, building energy for a move higher. They took the move higher, then they failed, At where? The overhead resistance, and came back down. All the way back down. And then we had the flip side, which was obviously getting first to the gap left open from Friday, if they were to kill him, and then below that, it becomes a real-time situation, which we did have. Let's move along, see what we have as the day got underway. 8.31, there's the Kabuki release, weird stuff happens, quad witching, all that stuff. They started out by killing the tape and wiping out a whole bunch of gains, in a minute. It was much less than a minute, mind you. Let's keep going, see what we have. We had some numbers on the board as the morning started to develop. 400 was an obvious one. It's a big fat round number. There was also a gap at around 450, give or take. The only way they were gonna have a rescue operation is staying above or getting back above 405.20. All that was on the board early in the morning. Now, here's one for you, 921. Is there a buy on the board? They're killing the tape. We wanna know where they're gonna bounce, right? You would think they would bounce at the gap and big fat round number of 400.50 down to 400, give or take. They might. It's not my spot. I'm interested in a long side trade with a spike of 398. Then we even had some lower stuff on the board that early in the morning, 9:21 a.m. before the opening bell even rang. They weren't even open for business yet. There's your 398. You got to bounce off 398 now. As the day got underway and the market was rather slow, I gauged the volatility or the velocity of the move, and I actually raised the buy price to a zone between 399 and 398 That was your buy zone. So anywhere in there is the buy. You spike one, you go down to the other, you add down near the other one. Either way, so it worked out. It took a long time to work out, well, kind of like watching paint dry, But either way, they never really got below the line in the sand until they failed in the afternoon. But at that point, the trade was already over. Let's scroll up, see what else we have. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Remember from the video, things will pick up speed this week and beyond. 935, if they recapture 403, they could take another leg up to 405. They weren't able to do that. They started playing games by bouncing before the gap. They do that. We see that all the time. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. There it is, if they fall, the buy zone is now 399 to 398, give or take, for a bounce back in the other direction. They did all that. The problem was they took a long time to do it. The market was really slow at that point in the day, but they still did it anyway. They just didn't give a tremendous trade out of it. I thought we would get a bounce back to at least 400, and they couldn't even do that before falling back away. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. There's a lot of stuff in here today because the market was all over the place. It was weak. It was quiet. They were bouncing around, and then they started killing them into close. We had a lot of stuff on the board today. So read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. What you also have to realize is some numbers that are given early in the day, they don't apply late in the day, like the last hour or two, when they can kill them into the close, the last Couple of hours, 90 minutes of the day, 60 minutes of the day, anything goes. That's when all of a sudden they begin to pick up speed once again after the middle part, quiet part of the day. And you're taking on way more risk later in the day because there's limited time left on the clock to do anything. That was your line in the sand. 397.85 sets the next leg lower in motion. And here it is on a 15 minute chart and you could see as long as they didn't start closing candles below 397.85, they were apt to bounce back up in the other direction. But once they gave up 397.85, and you'll see that in the notes also, that was activating the next leg lower. It pays to know your numbers. We're moving along. And there you have it. At 2.17, I'm saying into the end of the day, anything goes. Time is running out on the clock. The less time you have on the clock, the more risk you're taking by entering a new trade late in the day. Stock's on the move. Had a nice little list today after Kabuki. They had some stuff moving, so we popped them on the board. We'll take a look at JPM, Apple, Net, Amazon, Twilio, and BABA. We'll start out with JP Morgan. So they did the deal at the first number. They gave about a buck. If you didn't get a buck and you waited for the second number, they went back to the first number. So they did the deal anyway, whether you waited or not, or independently, they did the deal at each number. So therefore, nice trade. Apple didn't do the deal. So they creeped into the first number. They came into it and they didn't do anything. They just made a bear flag pattern. So once they started doing that, the writing was on the wall. They're going to go lower. They went to the second number and then the third. And they only stopped off for a cup of coffee at the second before going to the third. But after this shenanigans, after the first number, and while the market was getting taken out behind the woodshed, that was the end of the road for any hopes on Apple. About Cloudflare. So they did the deal at the first number early in the morning then at the second number, back above the first. So they did the deal at the first two numbers, either independent or together, and then they came down and did the next deal at the third number, back above the second number, and there you have it, the numbers work. Amazon, they gave about a buck on the first number, then the second number bounced back close to the first. Again, in this type of tape, very difficult to get anything going counter to what the indices are doing at the time. You can see the support, they just gave it up when the market gave it up. You can see this is the same time that the S&P turned 13.45 in the afternoon is when everything turned. Here's the five minute chart of the S&P, this is 13.35. So just a few minutes before the S&P turned, everything followed suit. Twilio, nice trade. Even gave you a couple of times. BABA didn't activate the first number, it opened below the first number, just short of the second, rocketed back up. So actually, these two were off the board, and essentially, even though the second one worked, it was still really technically off the board from a manner in which perspective. Then you can see what happened. They came into the third by the end of the day, but nobody's taken this trade down at the lower right of the screen. How about a woodshed day for Camp IWM participants? This one, we have a different situation in terms of the trend line, but think about it in terms of this. If you come down... They'll first test the trend line that they missed before, but we're not buyers of that trend line because they missed it and bounced away. But if they test it and bounce, that's fine. But if they break it, the same rules apply that we discussed in the S&P. That's our Irene new address line. Start breaking the trend line, and then they start opening the door to make a run down to about 169 for starters. Let's look at the flip side for a second. This applies across the board to the other markets as well. Here's a weekly chart. Now, here's a weekly what seemingly would be a reversal candle. You were down for three weeks or so, and then all of a sudden you have this new low into the 200-period moving average short of the trend line, and they reverse. Now, what happens if all of a sudden this is a fake-out operation, right? Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We have to look at both sides of the tape. You have to have the awareness of both sides of the tape. Let's say they rally up all of a sudden. We start to see a dead cat bounce, and they rally the tape, and they take back the losses from today, and they close the week above the high from last week. Well, what does that tell you? Well, that tells you that's bullish, not bearish, and there's going to be another leg higher up into these moving averages. First, the 50-period moving average around 200, give or take. Just saying you have to be aware of both sides of the thing. What about the folks down at the transportation department down almost 4% today? That's a nice woodshed day for those folks. What's jumping off the page on this chart? Well, my eye was drawn to one thing in particular just now when the chart populated the screen. I see a gap and I wanted to see if they were able to bounce off the gap and close above or close below the gap. The gap is officially at 13,726 and they closed at 712. They closed below the gap. Now that's not an accident or coincidence. They made a choice. They could have closed above the gap. It's only a few points away. Or they could have closed below the gap. The conscious decision from Mrs. Market was to close below the gap. I take that kind of information. I log it in. I understand what's happening. Whether or not it's meaningful tomorrow or beyond, we'll see. However, what I know to be true is that's generally a tip-off of sorts. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. What about the Q people? Remember this trend line? They did a back test and failed. What do I mean by that? Well, they got back above the trend line yesterday. We took it off the board. But then all of a sudden they gap below it today. And watch this. There's a 10-minute chart. They open the day. They try and rally to recapture or at least run a test of the trend line. And who knows if I drew that to the penny where it should be. But to me, it looks like they ran a test of the trend line, was rejected, and that was all she wrote. By the way, this trendline stuff is taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, that is not a shameless plug. That is an opportunity to learn how the market works and everything that goes along with it. Everything in there is picked apart. What I teach here in these videos on YouTube at night is like the light version of what's in the course. In the course, we take back the curtain, we peel back the onion, you understand the how, the why, the way it works, what we're looking for, what we're looking at, how time is more important than price and how to use them together. All that stuff is taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. XLF, the financials whacked along with everything else as to be expected. It's all the same market. If everything's getting whacked, then everything's getting whacked. 33 is a really important spot for the XLF. If they start getting below and closing candles below 33, it's really going to open the door for that 3,195 and potentially lower. And look what's going on with Smash Mouth. They're giving up this area. They're testing it. They're fighting it. And what did we say last night? We said, this is weaker. Look where it is relative to the other markets. They couldn't get up to the equivalent that the other markets were. That was relative weakness. We cited it, we talked about it, and here they are already testing the lows, opening the door if they get below these lows for lower stuff. What's the lower stuff? How about 197, give or take, for starters? If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast,